Welcome back, everyone, to Marlo's Conversations with Friends, topics around well-being. I am Marlo, and I am delighted to be here. It's been a while. I put a little lag between the last conversation and this one, but it was for good reason. The universe told me to wait until this phenomenal individual who we're going to be talking with today, my dear, dear friend, uh, became available. And so today's topic we're talking about is meditation. And I literally have been trying to figure out the, the best person to have this conversation with since we started these podcasts. So uh, really, it was universal timing. Um, and I'm cool with that. And so I'm delighted to share uh, this conversation with my dear friend, Helga Hefner, who I have had a long career with, literally all, pretty much all 30 years of my career um, was with Helga in various shapes and forms uh, at my former world of Aveda. But Helga and I are, we are quite kindred spirits and we share so many viewpoints in terms of our overall approach to life, but even deeper than that, our approach to how we take care of ourselves and our well-being. So Helga is like the supreme person to be having this conversation around meditation with. So Helga, I am delighted to have you here. Thank you for being my guest. Oh, hello, Marlo, and thank you for having me. I am deeply honored and touched that you would invite me to engage in this conversation. One of my favorite topics, meditation. That's oh, so awesome. Okay, where do you want to start? <laughs> well, literally, it was kind of funny for the last year. I'm not joking. I'm th kept thinking, who in the hell am I going to get to do this? Who do I know really does this but isn't like so far out in the stratosphere in terms of their approach that mm -hmm. I won't be able to reel them back in who's not a realistic <laughs> approach and I was like well it's Helga but I gotta wait a little while so <laughs> just wait and I did here it is so um, I love it I do too um so for me, you know, uh, I, I'm looking at some of my notes here. Meditation is a word and a practice that now comes with many expectations and conditions, I feel. I feel that some of these expectations and conditions make it very complicated. I feel some of them make it seem very unattainable. And I feel like a lot of them make it seem very trendy. Mm -hmm. And... <clears throat> I choose myself, I choose to use the word stillness. And I know I've spoken about that with you. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I already have enough expectations on myself as a human <laughs> being. I am already striving beyond, you know, mm -hmm. overachievers. So uh, I, I use the word stillness, because it's easier for my monkey brain to grasp mm -hmm. and handle. Mm -hmm. But I know I know how sacred the practice, I know where, I should say, I know how sacred the practice is, but I also know that the, the beginnings of it or the roots of it really do come from a, a, a pretty sacred place. And I don't mean religious, I just mean a sacred space uh, for ourselves. And I know that, I could say this two ways, I know that in the world of medicine, I know that they finally, scientists have really been studying for a long time now, uh, You, but you aren't really seeing the, the end results of these studies of the benefits of meditation for overall health. So many internal positive upsides to it. It's taken a long time for them to get to that. And that's from my perspective, a little typical of Western medicine, and that's okay. Um, I also, though, feel like it it only got has only gotten the spotlight that it's gotten because there's this whole other field of individuals that have made it so trendy. Mm -hmm. it really mm -hmm. bothers me. So when we when you think about 
we're just going to start at kind of the beginning. How do you define meditation for yourself or, or in general, but how do you define it for, for yourself? We'll start with you. Yeah. Um, meditation for me is just simply observing. It's stepping into the space of who we are, which is just pure awareness. See, we're so busy always doing, mm -hmm. right, that, that we forget we're not the doing. We are the observer who is actually doing. So for me, meditation is, is cultivating and stepping into that space of being a witness, of starting to just be in the witness. And as you said, it is the stillness when you let go and allow everything to fall away and you have the intent of just sitting still and just being without any other intention, right? You are meditating. And I agree with you. I think meditation can be presented as being so complicated and having so many rules and this, that, and the other thing. And it really is very simple. You are reducing the accumulation of stress in your physiology when you simply sit still and retreat from your senses. Now, that's a simple definition, not always so easy to do. Well, <laughs> I was thinking at first, I'm like, okay, you know, uh, it, it, it does sound simple, yet at the same time, I could see how <clears throat> a lot of people, and certainly myself, when I really first started looking at it, I don't even know when I really first started looking at it, the whole idea for me, well, I know what it, when it was, is when I started practicing yoga over 20, gosh, I'm almost done 25 years ago now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't a great deal, but to, to be able to sit there and, and when you talk about the letting go, the, to just sit, Yeah. you know, and for me, uh, sitting still uh physically not uh, i'm capable of it but it's it's because of my structure my bone mm -hmm. structure my scoliosis that makes it difficult for me to sit comfortably and yeah. it has taken many years for that to happen because i'm really honestly thinking about a lot of other physical adjustments mm -hmm. just so i can get to a comfortable place but yep uh i i'm much better at it uh, a million times better at it than when I started, but it is a practice, you know, it's, um, yes. And for you, when, when did it start for you? When did you start this practice? I what was start it like for you. Oh, well, I was introduced to meditation when I was 18, oh. quite some time ago. Mm -hmm. And it was an intensive three day um, meditation retreat that really was much more about visualization and enhancing your intuitive and psychic abilities. That was really my first introduction. It was set up as a meditation class, but now many years later, really, that's, that's what it was, and meditation was a part of it. Hmm. Um, but I was able to tap into this other space that I didn't even know really existed. And so I got so super excited. And over the many, many years since then, I have taken many different meditation courses. I've done several. Um, I usually go every year and I'll do a 10-day silent Vipassana retreat right. where you're meditating for oh, 10, 12 hours a day with breaks for lunch. I don't know that uh, for breakfast, lunch, that. and dinner. Yeah, it's it's definitely hardcore. And I'll tell you, you'll come out of that space totally different. You'll see the world in, in a different way. But you know, it's like we go on detoxes for our body, our physical body. Mm -hmm. This it's a major detox for the mind and your emotional state and your energetic body, as well as your physical body, too. So I've done kind of the gamut. I've also um been trained in transcendental meditation. That What's was that really, one like? you know, I that one's amazing. That one. mm -hmm. And we'll talk about other methods a little bit later, but since you brought it up, well, I see that one and everyone's like, I do transcendental meditation. And yeah, unfortunately, my mind goes to when I see the word transcendental, I go into a total 
like, different place. Well, yeah, that has nothing to do with it. I, I literally <laughs> go to like transatlantic train. Ride <laughs> oh, because okay. of the word. It's just because yeah. of the word transcendental. I think trans uh, transatlantic trains tra because that's yeah, that's how my brain operates some days. So forgive me. Well, for I. I had attended, I, I totally get that. I had attended an Ayurvedic week-long Panchakarma program at the Raj. The one in Iowa? The one in Iowa. And part of their program was we had an opportunity, if we were interested, is to learn transcendental meditation. So I took that invitation and, and that's where I get introduced to it. So essentially, based on your date of birth, et cetera, your time, your location, whatever, they will give you a mantra, a sound. And this sound is something that you, um, you repeat the mantra silently in your mind, and it just gives you an anchor so that when you start to sit for meditation, you have that intention, obviously, the thoughts start to bubble up. And this is a natural process that happens. And so instead of focusing on the thoughts, we recognize that the thoughts that bubble up are representations of the accumulated stress that we have stored in our physiology. So the more thoughts you have, the more stress is being released. Hmm. So the intention is not to focus on any one particular thought. But the minute that you find yourself, let's say, following a certain train of thought, then you very, very gently bring yourself back to your mantra. Hmm. And that's how the mantra works. And, um, and that's really the practice, 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening. Now, mm -hmm. question? Well, yeah, well, because I feel like there was, and maybe you're going to keep going on, I feel like there was something above and beyond that with transcendental meditation. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It's very simple. There's a beautiful little ceremony that you go through to honor the lineage that this meditation comes from. Um, oh my gosh, I cannot Sorry, remember his full back. name. That's okay. Um, I don't want to mispronounce his name, so I can't. That's okay. India? Amahara. From India? It's, it's from India. It's from yeah. India. Yes, yes, yes. Well, because there's yeah. a couple of celebrities, I, and the first person that always comes to mind when I hear the word transcendental meditation is David Lynch, a filmmaker and a very eclectic oh. filmmaker, and he is a total practicer of it. And There are many. Others. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. There are many. Yeah, there are very many. Um, and I think, Marlo, they probably have done the most research on the benefits of meditation that have been published that I'm aware of. The, I transcendental, it. the transcendental community. Yeah. Hmm, because in the, in the class that I took, they actually took you through the entire cycle of what happens in meditation and, hmm. and take, takes the mystery out of all that. So you're not afraid of your thoughts. If you fall asleep, that's okay. What's happening when you fall asleep, if that should happen for you is a deep seated stress is being released. And so they say not to resist that, but simply just go with it. And by the time and when that deep-seated stress is released, you automatically will come to, and then you just continue your meditation practice. It's a very gentle and very um, easy meditation. It was the first one that I was like feeling that, yeah, I can do this hmm. because up until that point, I, my thoughts were kept on coming up and coming up and I couldn't really focus on anything other than getting lost in my thoughts. And it was very frustrating for me. And I think that's what it is for a lot of people. They sit down and they have a good intention. They go, okay, I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to be still. And then all the thoughts start to come up and they don't quite know what to do with the thoughts. And then, cause then you're really not meditating, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, then you're really just lost in the mind. Yeah, exactly. And, and so this gave my mind something to focus on hmm. while I can just simply sit back and kind of observe the process over so, time. Right. So, <clears throat> so when we look at meditation and um, we'll stick to science right now before we get into some of the other areas I was going to look at. Yeah. We know that meditation and breath work all... Uh, tap into the vagus nerve mm -hmm. and tap into the parasympathetic 
nervous system mm -hmm. to calm to really create some homeostasis in your body and certainly calm everything down. I mean, the vagus nerve is the connection between the brain and the, the gut. It's the largest yeah. um, nerve connecting through the whole body. And, but when we're, so if we just, how do I say this? If we just went about meditation from a scientific point of view, like if I were just gonna sit down to try to meditate or be still for science sake and not the spiritual side, which I certainly want to get into. Mm -hmm. um, how, how much time do you think a day someone would really need to uh, sit and be still to feel benefits? I, I agree with the TM people and other people that follow the same, because transcendental is really a category, mm -hmm. a type of meditation, and there are different types of transcendental meditations that are out there. Mm -hmm. I would say 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes night, twice a day is much better than once a day mm -hmm. for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. And and I like to see med I like to view meditation as again in the morning, 20 minutes to help prepare you for the day, getting you in the best, the best emotional, mental, physical state, the best nervous system state that you can be to engage in your day mm -hmm. with a little bit more peace and a little bit more harmony and clarity. And then at the end of the day, you're releasing the day. Mm -hmm. You're releasing the buildup and the accumulation of stress that you've stored. So I think a good practice, 20 minutes twice a day, I think is enough. I think really works. And do they like, what happens if they can really only give five minutes a day, twice a day? You do, yeah, you do five. You do any, anything that you can do with the intention of sitting down, even if you start and it's just two minutes is worth it mm -hmm. because you'll over time will build up your, you'll cultivate your ability to sit a little longer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it, at the very beginning, you might even want to just have a practice going of just sitting still for one minute. You know, as you were saying, you had difficulty with just getting comfortable with adjusting your body, because if your body's not comfortable, you can't meditate. So the yeah. first step is to really be able to cultivate, you know, a practice of just sitting still. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, you know, I'm a Westerner. I don't have the flexibility. I wasn't brought up sitting on the floor or anything like that. So I meditate in the chair. Right. And the only thing that's really important is to make sure that your back is supported. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that was going to be kind of my next question is this is meditation. So many people want to lay down and meditate or, mm -hmm. you know, move into a different position, but the idea, and that's where I think uh, you get those, cross-eyed looks from the people who really have taken it to a super extreme like back to the roots no you have to sit cross-legged you have to sit on something mm. hard you have to it's almost like they want you to be in pain while you sit and try yeah. to calm your thoughts and it's like okay mm. well, that doesn't really seem uh conducive a, a i'm not going to do it but b it doesn't really seem like that that was kind of the original intention behind meditating yeah. I mean, I mean, when, when yeah. I've taken my, the TM classes or Vipassana, and these have long standing traditions mm -hmm. rooted in the East, none of them required us to sit on the floor. They all said, make sure that your body feels supported. And mm -hmm. if that means sitting in a chair with maybe a pillow on your lower back, perfect. So you try to align your head, neck, and spine as so that the energy flows more freely along those three channels. There are three powerful channels um, that flow one down the center of the spine and the other two are on either side, mm -hmm. basically spiral up. So you want that energy flow to flow as freely as possible. So as long as the head, neck, and spine are aligned, your lower back is supported, you are good to go. You are good to go. Do you feel, well, let's talk about some of the different methods that are practiced. So we've talked about TM. Mm -hmm. What else, what other kind of methods do you find people use or that are practiced? Well, there's a couple different ways. The idea is, is you want to, do you want to have your mind focus on something? I kind of see the mind as like a little toddler 
mm-hmm. right? And, and when you don't give it something to do, it goes crazy. Mm-hmm. So if you give it something to focus on, your chances of slipping into that space in between the thoughts is much greater. So there's three different ways that you can do that. You can either do a mantra meditation like TM, right? Mm-hmm. There, you're given a mantra, a sacred mantra, or you can also pick a sound yourself. As long as the sound doesn't generate a meaning that your mind can get lost in. Give me an example. Well, if you would say, I mean, OM would be a mantra. You could use OM, right? And when your mind starts to wander, you just simply bring it back to the sound of OM. And and OM is what's considered a seed sound. Mm -hmm. So usually at the beginning and end of meditation, you'll hear OM chanting or at the beginning or ending of any kind of other chants, Mm -hmm. you'll have OM. Um, and, and OM, the vibration of OM actually enlivens the energetic field and it speaks to the cells. So it's that, that kind of vibration. But if I would say peace, let's say I picked peace, mm-hmm. my mind might focus on why I'm not peaceful. It might take me to, okay, oh, there's no peace in the Middle East. You know, the mind right. could just take that word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in all different kinds of directions so it's better to pick a sound that has no particular um, meaning that you can get lost in a train of thought so that would be your mantra meditation okay right where you're doing a sound the second would be uh or i should say sound sound meditation is mantra the second might be a visual Hmm. And so you could pick uh, an image, it might be a sacred image, it could be the flickering flame of a candle, um, anything that might be meaningful for you in a sacred way. And just imagine that image in between your brows at the sixth chakra. Hmm. And so when you're with your thoughts bubble up, and you're finding you're getting lost in the thought, just simply bring it back to the image. Mm -hmm. So that is a form of meditation. The third form, and probably the most popular, and I think the easiest to do, is to focus on your breath. Mm, And your breath is going to show up, and you focus on where does your breath show up the most? Is it in your belly? Does your belly rise and fall as you breathe a little bit more? Is it in your chest that you really notice the breath? Or is it at the nostrils? And wherever the breath is more predominant, that's where you bring your attention. And once again, when the thoughts come up, like for instance, um, let's say it's the nostrils, right? You're going to focus on there and you just put all of your attention on the tip of your nose and where your nostrils are. Mm -hmm. And again, if a thought comes up and it's distracting you, then just bring the minute you know that you're distracted, just bring very gently, effortlessly bring your awareness back to the nostrils. And sometimes in 20 minutes, you're continually doing that. Mm -hmm. So it's so important not to have any expectations when you meditate. Because it's not a destination. There's nothing that you're really doing. There's nothing that you're trying to achieve. You're just simply sitting You're witnessing, you're giving your mind something to focus on, and you're just simply observing what is happening. I think, um, I think every time when I'm sitting still trying to do this, I first I have to, you know, totally get fully comfortable and get everything. Mm -hmm. And then in my head, I'm like, all right, let's just shut down. Come on, it's brain, let's just. Let's just try to be quiet. Could we just try to be quiet? <laughs> I start having these conversations. Well, and first, generally speaking, when I try to sit and meditate, I will actually start with uh, my gratitude and or some of my mm-hmm. prayers. Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask, do you feel what well, to, I would say two things I'm thinking about. Um, does praying count as a form of meditation for you? And uh, how does, or what, what role does, um, like when you're chanting, is that, mm-hmm. you know, where do we, not just a mantra, but actual chanting, mm-hmm. do, 
do you find that to be a form of meditation? Because I can get lost in, I can get lost in prayer, but I can get lost in the chant as well. And really just focus on that flow of the vibrational sounds that I'm saying, because I have zero idea what I'm saying, because most of the chants are in Sanskrit anyways. Yeah. So do what do you, how do you feel about both of those? I know you use them both. Oh, yep. I think the preparation for meditation is so essential and important. So the first thing is usually some kind of stretching, right? Mm-hmm. So that again, you can start to release the tension in the physical body, mm-hmm. right? Whatever that stretching means for you, however long you want to make that session is up to you. Then from there, the second prep, because that's going to start to release the physical tension in the body and allows you to sit comfortably. The second is focus on a breathing practice. And there are all different kinds of pranayama that you can do. There's breath work that's more detoxifying and energizing. And there's cooling breath work. And then there's really calming, relaxing breath work that'll take you to more of an internal focus. So I usually do a couple breaths of each one of those, starting with the most invigorating breaths, Mm -hmm. like Bostrika breathing, bellows breathing. Then I might go to a cooling breath. And then I'll go to, let's say, a two to one breathing where you um, exhale twice as long as you inhale. Mm-hmm. Or you could do alternate nostril breathing. All, any one of those will work. So, so maybe five minutes of breathing would be really great. And then I like to do chanting. Mm-hmm. I like to do chanting because it really quiets my mind. It just really, and once again, every Sanskrit word that's in a chant has a certain vibration. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, keep your attention on your heart center because all of your major energy channels of the body will converge in the heart center and in the navel. And so when you're, you're keeping your attention and your focus of, of, of the chant, then that already sets the tone and will help you. It'll take you to the door of meditation. That's what I'm looking at. It'll take you to the door. It'll lead you to the door of meditation and you will be able to slip into this awareness into the silence so much easier because I think today we are so all of our senses are so overloaded with too much stimulus Mm -hmm. you know you can take any sense whether it's sound or sight we are so inundated with data and material that it's very difficult especially for someone that's new to be able to sit down and start to meditate without any kind of preparation And so I think preparation is essential. And does one have to do all of these things? No, I think you experiment and you try different things and see how they work for you, see what you resonate with. But a little form of preparation, I think, will make a big difference to being able to then sit still and just focus on your breath. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you feel about walking meditations? Because I, like when I go on a walk, I don't, I mean, I might have my phone with me, but it's stuck in a pocket. It's really more for safety reason or just because I don't wear a watch. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so when I walk, I am very aware of, well, I'm always aware of what my body's doing, but I'm just conscious of how it feels as I'm walking. And I just kind of focus on what's around me, just taking in the senses, but allowing my mind to slow down in that mm-hmm. manner as well even if i'm walking doing a, a faster walk i still am able to just kind of be in the rhythm of my body and take in all the green and mother nature that's around me and i find my brain is far calmer and quieter because i'm focused on my breath and mm-hmm. i you know certainly thoughts come up but i really almost I don't experience the level of thought uh, craziness when I do a walking meditation as I do when I do a sitting meditation. Yep. You are taking meditation into the day, into your world. Mm. That is, that's, that's it. That's the secret. So you have your anchor points in the day, your morning and your evening. And then throughout the day, you tap into moments where you can focus on being in the present moment 
-hmm. and you're bringing in all of your senses, you're, you're doing that. So yeah, because for some people, for whatever reason, and there's no judgment here, sitting in meditation, even for 20 minutes doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And that's totally fine. Then their meditation is as much as possible, focus on your breath as you go through your day. So for instance, every hour, try to take six conscious breaths. Mm -hmm. So by a conscious breath, we mean allow every essence of your being to focus on that breath, the nice yeah. deep inhalation, right? And the body's response to that inhalation and a nice long, slow exhalation. So being conscious, if you do, if that's the only practice you do, and you really are committed to a conscious breathing practice, as you go through your day, every hour, try to take some conscious breaths. In a year, your life will transform just from that one practice. Yeah, I fully agree. I know exactly mm -hmm. what that feels like. Because I for yeah. sure, <clears throat> in most of my career, stopped breathing, for sure. I'd stop mm -hmm. breathing all day long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, obviously not to any detrimental, but I could, I would always find myself, I'd be stop, I'd stop and I'd be like, holy cow, could you just take a breath? Like, could you release yeah. the breath that you have like iron clamped in your diaphragm? Oh. Oh. You know, so then I'd have to stop and be like, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Wow. You, yes, your lungs do still work. And then I would mm -hmm. stop and, you know just consciously breathe. And when I teach, you know, in front of an audience, it's much easier for me to, to, to make sure I'm focused on my breathing when I'm in a workspace, because it forces me to change my pace of how I speak and smile from the inside and, mm. and just be calmer. So mm -hmm. that's an easy space for me to focus on my breath. It's when I'm <clears throat> in the thick of it, sitting, doing work or whatever I'm doing to just remember and go, let's just try breathing. Could we just focus on breathing? Yeah. And I think um, when you say to take those conscious breaths, it's what's really important for people to remember. And it's certainly, you know, you and I both teach this very strongly is that you actually have to stop what you're doing. You have to put the phone down out of your hand stop looking at your computer, get up, go walk somewhere else, just take five steps away from whatever, wherever it was you're at. So if you're behind, you know, if you're a service provider and it's behind your chair or in your treatment room, or you're in a law office or you're, you know, a baker, whatever, to, to step away from the space you're in, just take three steps away and then mm -hmm. do your breathing away from that space mm -hmm. for me make one it makes me conscious of breathing mm -hmm. because I have no distraction then from that space that I just stepped away from and it really for forces you to be fully present in the breath within yourself so that mm -hmm. you can clear your head because you know if you when, when, oh, as I say, when the shit hits the fan, stress is, or stimulus is coming at you, whether it's verbally, whether somebody physically cut you off while you were driving, whether you tripped and fell, whether you got into an argument, whatever it is, that breath, that conscious breath, and to, to stop and put your full self into it, I think is so, it's a game changer. Yes, yes. Absolutely. And, and I think to do that, as you say, many times throughout the day, then I think it becomes a better flow. I think it, mm -hmm. I think you, you don't end up having to step away as often because you're breathing regularly, you're conscious, you're, you're present in that space with yourself. Mm -hmm. but it's and it's, it's, it's hard only because it's something new. It's sure. a new habit, sure. right? So let's talk about that for a second, because when we talk about meditation or we talk about conscious breathing, we're talking about developing new habits. And how do you do that? It's like people talk about, you know, oh, try this technique or try this self-care, but they don't tell you how to be successful. How do you, how do you integrate that? Mm -hmm. And there are three things that are required anytime you want to incorporate a new habit. Mm -hmm. And the first thing is commitment. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important one. How committed are you? Let's say here, we're talking about meditation. How committed are you to establishing a meditation practice, whether it's conscious breathing, 
throughout the day or whether it's sitting for 20 minutes in the morning or 20 minutes in the evening, mm-hmm. right? Or, or both, incorporating both. But how committed are you? Mm-hmm. Because that's a, a promise that you make to yourself, mm-hmm. right? And to me, meditation trumps all self-care practices, mm. all of them. Okay. It's the most important. And you'll ask anyone from a traditional training, they will tell you the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you do just one thing, take the time and the effort to cultivate a meditation practice, even if it's just five minutes, mm-hmm. be consistent with it, right? Which is the number two. So once you're committed, you've made the decision, this is important enough for me that I'm going to make a commitment and keep my commitment to myself, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't mean that you're not necessarily going to fall off track, but the minute you do, you just get right back on, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So after commitment, then the next thing is consistency. Mm-hmm. You have to show up every day mm-hmm. and, and set yourself up for that. So what does that really mean? Well, that would mean find a place in your home that's going to be your meditation space. Mm-hmm. And make it sacred, make it beautiful. It doesn't have to be big. Traditionally, they usually say facing east is more auspicious. It'll make it easier for you to slip into meditation if you're facing east. I've also heard facing north. If east is not possible, north is the next direction that you want to face. But you show up every day Hmm. and that's non-negotiable, right? And then the third thing is repetition. Again, you keep on doing your practice. And what will happen is instead of once you have a meditation space, what's really important about that is you're going to build up your Shakti, you're going to build up the energy in that meditation space, that when you walk by, it's going to call you Mm -hmm. versus I'm going to meditate in the living room today. And tomorrow, I'm going to meditate in the kitchen. And then the next thing you know, you're meditating in bed laying down. And it's not, you're going to get nowhere, right? Right. Right. You're going to get a good night's sleep. That's about it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so that is really important. So commitment, Mm -hmm. consistency, and repetition are the three cornerstones that are required for any new habit that you want to incorporate. And then I usually say, make a commitment for and it would take anywhere from 30 to 90 days, mm-hmm. depending on what the habit is, for it to now be an automatic part of your day. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, you are going to have to think about it. You are going to have to make sure you remind yourself to do this or do the conscious breathing every hour, whatever it takes, mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the 90 days, you won't even have to think about it. You will, it'll be automatically. And then you could be, okay, what's the next practice that I want to incorporate? Now I've got this down. I'm showing up. I'm consistent. The repetition is there. I'm loving it. I can see that I am better. I'm more peaceful. I can, I handle challenges easier. I'm not as stressed. I'm a little happier. Those are all telltale signs that, yeah, you're doing well, you're releasing that accumulation of stress. And what is happening is you now are connecting more with who you truly are, which the ancients tell us, we are pure bliss, we are pure happiness. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. And I think it's important for people when they decide to sit down and make a commitment to know why you're doing it because that leads me to this whole how it's become so trendy and Mm -hmm. let's take pictures of myself and put them on instagram to show how cool i look meditating or you know i'm gonna go to this highfalutin retreat somewhere across the world and we're gonna meditate and then we're gonna you know whatever i struggle with and i've talked about this on previous podcast episodes about a lot of the self-care rituals, be it yoga, movement, uh, meditation, uh, a lot of things where it's just become so commercialized, really, mm-hmm. is what it was what, how I look at it. It's become commercialized. And mm-hmm. um, I, I get really, it just bothers me. You know, it's, um, I understand for me and my practice, and certainly when I teach about it, I do my best to bring 
people to that sacred space or to share with them you know the heritage of, of where this has come from I, I may not speak to who started it and to me that's not necessarily what I'm getting at but more about that this is a space became a practice for people for those that started it to find a way to be at peace with yourself to be present in all that you do to be full of mind so that mm -hmm. as you go through life you are able to be clearer minded or free of so many thoughts so that you can see what's standing in front of you whatever life is giving you to make clear decisions to feel what your emotions are to express clearly from an authentic place and so i think for me when people say they want to start this and try it on i applaud it and i love that i also want them to think about why are you doing this what really what is it that you want to change about yourself and just as you said in in the consistency and the repetition i think along the way it's important for people to almost to document whether they journal it or whatever types of notes or something but just to maybe keep tabs on what's changing within you if mm -hmm. if you're well, hopefully you are experiencing that because if you truly even if you're just doing it for five minutes a day or one minute a day that you're building up to five minutes it builds up to something else or maybe you never get past five minutes and it's twice a day fine mm -hmm. but to be aware of or to stop and go well how did i feel before i sat down and how have i felt when i got up and gone through my day and what are the some of the things that i've noticed because to me that's just as important as the three things you said to commit consistency and repetition to me, it's just as important to be aware, to gain that awareness and realize, wow, I don't respond to things the way that I used to, or I, I can't, I have, I actually experience joy. I know what it feels like now because I've been able to clear away other things, or I've allowed myself to not hang on to A, B, C, and X, Y, Z, or get caught up in the past or fantasize about the future whatever it is uh, I think that's a, a an important piece as they start this practice before they even start going on to whatever the next practice is they're going to try on absolutely if if what you're doing if if the practice that you've chosen if you're not seeing any beneficial change then the practice is not for you Mm -hmm. or you're not doing it quite there there's something that needs to be tweaked about it so mm -hmm. yeah i love the idea of journaling so that you can kind of track how you what changes have happened you know and give yourself that three-month time frame mm -hmm. give yourself that time of of really committing to it and you'll notice it you yeah. will notice it mm -hmm. yeah and you might not journal every single day i'm not saying that but just you know right. even if it's like along the way stop and even if you take notes in your phone or mm -hmm. that's helpful, just, Hey, yeah. I just noticed like, I didn't snap like I normally do, or I get up and I feel more refreshed in the morning. I don't feel so groggy and you know, it could be anything. Yep. I yep. went to the doctor and he noticed that I'm much more level in these three areas in my body that have really been a problem for me. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. that's great. And, and, neither you nor i are saying also as a caveat here or side note we're not saying that meditation is going to clear you of all of your health issues that's certainly not that's not no. what i'm saying i know it's not what you're saying either right but it does definitely work with your parasympathetic and the vagus nerve and it does really have amazing benefits to lowering blood pressure to uh, calming your emotional responses to helping the body properly regulate and do the functions it is designed to do, carrying mm -hmm. oxygen and nutrients to each of the blood cells and your organs function much better. Uh, 
when you are with a present frame of mind and you have a calmer space. Now, it's not to say you're not going to have stressful days or, you know, you're not going to be walking around Susie Sunshine every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the For me, the practice of stillness and my breath work with it is it is that awareness it's kind of where you started the whole conversation it is just to be able to let go of things as i say things that no longer serve me things that i don't Mm -hmm. need to hang on to i don't need to think about the past anymore and hang on to all those dumb emotions that have messed me up time and time again they don't matter it's in the past it's done it's like can't do anything about it but i can change how i move forward Mm -hmm. and i'm a great I'm a great practicer of fantasizing about what hasn't happened yet. (laughs) I'm really good at that. And so I, this stillness practice and breath work really helped me to just stay right here and go, I have zero idea what's happening in the next moment. Even in this recording, I have zero idea. (laughs) So why think about it if it hasn't happened and meditation and stillness and breath work do that for mm-hmm. me to do it for everybody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so as we kind of start to bring this to a close let's just talk about how you briefly talked about it earlier about how someone can get started and do you feel like so i have two questions there's a gazillion apps for your phone ipad whatever device you have that take you on meditation journeys guided meditations here's Mm -hmm. you know music do you like any of them do you use any of them i know you're pretty uh just in all our years together i know you're pretty simplistic about yeah uh, go into your practice do you think any of those are do you think it's worth someone to like there's an app called calm that's probably one of the big one and then there's i think it's called headspace maybe yep headspace yeah 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 do you encourage people to use that or do you want them to, do you like more of the simple practice, just trying to get used to not having these outside sounds or devices or stimulus, I guess would be the word. Yeah. I, I think all meditation is beneficial. They each serve different purposes. And I think that's really important. So you know, a lot of the meditations that are out there on the apps, etc., are really relaxation, mm-hmm. deep relaxation, which is very beneficial to mm-hmm. the physiology. I like to keep it really, really simple. So I don't do any of the apps, nothing like that. I'm old school, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I like to withdraw from my senses instead of engaging my senses. And um, so I just do my breath awareness I do my breath awareness which is the simplest one Mm -hmm. and um, but I think all of those are you know if you're a beginner and and that's where you start Mm -hmm. great fantastic just Mm -hmm. start doing something Mm -hmm. and check it out and see how you feel and I think you will feel as you progress along the path of going inward you will get to the point where you won't rely on any of those things. Mm-hmm. Or you may do some of those for a different purpose, mm-hmm. but you'll, you'll eventually come to a place where it's just you and your meditation cushion or your meditation chair and silence. There's a song, a vibrational, well, I'll call it a song. You used to play in, the, in our retreats and mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the vibrational sound of Om. And the, mm-hmm. the um, artist that created it, it's called John. He's Jonathan Goldstein, I think. Yes. Goldman. Mm-hmm. And I love that yep. song, that track. It's for an hour and 15 minutes or something like that. And mm-hmm. I will, that's for me, especially at the end of a busier day, when if I'm going to sit down and be still, I will listen to that at a very low mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. for me because it is vibrational it is the vibrational yep. sound of ohm so i don't yeah can't and it's not even it's not a word that's being said it's literally just the vibrational sound but it's uh mm-hmm. it's such a cool track mm-hmm. uh, for anyone if you want to get it um in fact i can look on my device and give you specifically because i listen to it uh even when i'm working out uh i will sometimes just 
listen to that, have that track playing while I'm working out because I can't uh, think of anything. I don't want to think of anything else. Yeah. Jonathan Gold. I think it's Jonathan Gold. I think it's Goldman. I think it's Goldman. I love that too. I mean, Ohm is beautiful. And again, it'll take you to the door. Yeah, it'll take you to the door of meditation. So to incorporate those things, you know, in the various different activities that you're going to do to just bring bring a, a different energy and vibe to it is that is great. Mm -hmm. It's great. It all works. So then how do we I probably don't we don't have an answer for this today at all. Maybe how do we get how do we get people to stop or maybe slow down and maybe commercialization of it is too strong of a word for me to use, but I'm going to use it. I mean, how do we get people to allow it to go back to what it always has been, which is a sacred practice private. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm certainly open to people doing it together. That's like not what I mean, but like, how do we stop? Like, let's take pictures and post on Instagram of me. And you know, I mean, it's this, this whole it's become very sensationalized and yeah. I'm probably like one of two people that thinks that way about it, but I it's guess where I... people are at now, you know, I know, it's, I know it's yeah, it's, it's, it's the time it's where people are at and, you know, they too, in the bigger, in the bigger scheme of things, they too are serving a purpose, mm -hmm. even though it may be, it may seem superficial, it may seem really trendy, and they may only be doing it as long as they take the photo, yeah. you know, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. But it might just trigger someone else to explore. Sure. To and and so everything, I think everything has its purpose, everything has its place, and meditation is a, a journey and an experience one can go on and it, it can morph and it can change as you grow and evolve and transform and change as well. Sure. Yeah, I guess my, I, I agree with that. That's for sure true. Everything, everything happens in the way it's supposed to happen. I fully yeah. believe that. I, I think it's uh, for me, I want people my wish is for people to really maybe try in the best way that they can whatever that looks like whatever capacities in front of them to to really step into what the what meditation and stillness really means mm -hmm. as a practice you know and to be willing to look within yourself because when you get still shit's going to come up and it's going to stir things and there's things you can let go of and there's things that meditation tells you about yourself and be open to that process and not just ignore it mm -hmm. because it's, as a practice it is designed to well it's intention at least i think is as i said to help you be clear more aware but it's it is also to help you to look inward at yourself Yes, you are. Meditation can help you evolve your consciousness. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, and just to change as a human being. I mean, I'm not mm -hmm. saying anything's wrong with with someone when they go to sit down and do this. It does, though, it changes you when you make it your practice. And it's, mm -hmm. it's being willing to look within. And I think mm -hmm. that I have found over time uh in all the well-being work i've done with others that people really are afraid to look within and this whole past year and a half being stuck at home and stuck with you know individuals maybe in your household or unfortunately you know if you didn't have that and you were by yourself a lot of stuff came up i mean everything mm -hmm. came up and was put out on the table for you and i'm not saying that that's what's going to happen when you start meditating it is something though to be aware of and to you make that conscious choice whether you're going to look at it or not and so my wish is that you do look at it and and you don't have to look at it all at once you just need to be aware that stuff will come up and there's stuff worth looking at that helps you grow and change as a human being so 
And anything that comes up, here's the other piece that I think is really helpful, is whatever is coming up is moving out mm -hmm. when we allow it. Mm -hmm. So whatever is coming up from the past, whatever thoughts about that or beliefs from the past that you had, you know, you can... You, you'll be able to sit in a space of being more of an observer and witness to see, is that still valid for you in who you are today? Mm -hmm. And if not, know that it's coming up so it can be released, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so you don't anything have to hang that's, on to it anymore. Totally. So everything that's coming up, just like the thoughts start to bubble up when we sit down for meditation, they're also coming up so that they can be released. Right. Right. I mean, the, the energy flow of the body, it wants to move mm -hmm. and that can, that can take on the form of thoughts that can take on the form of different beliefs and whatever we have. And just allowing those to flow through you doesn't mean we have to engage in them. Doesn't mean we have to believe in them, right. anything like that. They just, just allow them to flow and move through you and out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your, your a meditation practice, you will allow you to be able to cultivate the ability to do that more easily and more effortlessly. Yeah, because the issues are in the tissues. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> so let the issues flow out of your tissues. Yeah, to get still, right? <laughs> I love that. Uh, so I came across as we bring us to a close. I, um, when I was sitting and thinking about what I wanted to chat about with you and um, the med the sans Sanskrit meditation chant Satnam. And mm -hmm. I wrote down its uh, definitions. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know why this one crossed my path, but it did, and I've always liked it. Uh, to break it down into the two uh, words, uh, sounds. Sat means truth, honest, right, existence. Nam means name to bow, and together, the mantra can be interpreted as. Um, your full existence, God's name is truth, or I buy, I bow to my higher self. Mm -hmm. And, and I like it because we, from my personal belief is, you know, the divine is within us mm -hmm. and the divine's everywhere as well. I also, you know, I believe in a lot of things. I honor a lot of, I'll just call them spirit guides and leave it at that. Mm -hmm. And when you know, a lot of people, when they're meditating or doing yoga, the the um, the greeting or the usually the closure is Namaste. Uh, that I bow my the the divinity within me honors and bows to the divinity within you, or the light in you. Many people interpret it differently, and mm -hmm. so. Um, I, I like it as a mantra because I am trying to always move myself towards a higher space. Maybe I'm not always thinking higher consciousness and connection to the universe and all that, but just a better version of myself, you know, and, and to always yeah. stay true to who I am. And so for me, I like this mantra because i'm honoring myself and no one else is going to do it except me so uh any mantra works but um i like that one a lot it's beautiful mm -hmm. very powerful so i say thank you helga oh you're welcome conversation <laughs> today uh, excited and you know my wish for people who are listening to this to try it on you know, you just yeah. do one step at a time. You do one day at a time. You do one little moment of stillness at a time. As I shared with someone earlier this week, for people who say, well, I'm so busy. I don't have time. I don't have time. Here's your affirmation to change that, to prepare you for meditation. Your affirmation is you are abundant with time and that you are able to get done what you need to and want to today without stress. And so then you can just sit down for 60 seconds yeah. And be still and just start where you are. Yeah. And, um, and I hope you enjoy it. You know, don't, it doesn't, you can 
you don't have to take it to such a serious level. It is a, it's a serious practice, but I mean, you don't have to become a monk mm -hmm. or nun to be able to do it. You can make it f work in your practice and, and feel such great benefits from it along the way. So I thank you, Helga, for sharing this conversation with all of us. And I look forward to when we get to have another one. Well, thank you. It was my honor. I, I totally love connecting with you. And we always engage in such very interesting conversations. Right. So um, it's my honor and privilege. And um, yeah, I, you know, I, I hope everyone feels a little inspired, feels less intimidated, feels a little bit more motivated mm -hmm. to just start moving in the direction mm -hmm. of meditation. Yeah. and um, and see what happens. There's a beautiful journey ahead of you. And, you know, you don't want to miss out. That's for darn sure. I agree. Right? Your I agree. life will change. So thank you, my sweet friend. Yay. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you at the next conversation with friends. Sounds great. Sending everyone peace and blessings. Yeah.